Welcome to Garage Cast, coming to you from AIM Expo Live on the floor. Got Sam Dantzler here with me. Another one of our short little podcast quick hitters, yeah? Yeah, and I tell you, it's a little colder here right now. It is you know? a little Have chilly. you noticed that, Tony? I have noticed it. It is. The desert gets cold. The desert gets cold. But the question is, why is there a giant open door in the convention hall? Because there was a structure fire on the convention <laughs> floor, and the entire joint was evacuated. I, I can't, we, we, we can't came off, this up. Yeah, we came off of our podcast on stage, and uh, I see Las Vegas Fire making entry into a uh, electrical vault. Yes. And they opened it, and pouring out uh, and, brown and, and green smoke i'm like yep that's that's fire <laughs> so, so the gonna... good news in all that tony was that happened right when we were done with our exactly our stage show right the other great news is yeah. i'm retired as a fireman but so you did run right out there i gotta I say you fucking ran because i'm not you know what i'm not gonna do <laughs> i don't know stay that we around. have to have all the language i'm on not gonna show. stay around to watch because i've seen what can happen to people when they stay around and watch <laughs> We're going to do our best to get new thinking out there. There's going to be discussions centered around growth and new thinking. That's where those great ideas come from, exploring them together. Nuggets that you can go back and put into your dealership that'll help you make more money. This is GarageCast. Listen, one of our quick hitters here. We have a gentleman by the name of Jose Juarez. Jose, Jose Juarez. A.K.A. Oh. A.K.A. The Barbecue. The Barbecue. That's which right. I, I want to start. Jose, A, thank you for stopping by for a little bit. Give our give our listeners just who in all God's name you are besides the, the Barbecue. Well, hey, thanks for inviting me. And I mean, this is awesome. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I come in from Florida, uh, come right up to the stage and they evacuate everybody. And I'm wondering, <laughs> is it something I did? <laughs> something was said? wrong? An alarm yeah. went off and they were like, you got to leave. Yep. I was like, oh, that was fun. You yep. know? So, yep, yep. Uh, but anyways, I'm glad that they did clear out the electrical fire, whatever that was. Yep. I, I thought somebody was maybe, uh, I thought it was clutch or something, but it wasn't. Uh, so you're the fireman, you know. Yep. Uh, but- I, I thought, you know, it was right by where they're, they're test riding electric bicycles. And I thought, of course, an electric bicycle caught fire. fire. Right? Yeah. That was the obvious right, answer. No, right. it's, no, it's much worse than that. Yeah. It's a whole electrical panel yeah, on I, fire. I ignored it. I thought it was a suggestion at first when they asked me to leave. You know, <laughs> Most but people then, do. Uh, you know, no, it was actually real. But anyways, I'm glad we got everybody back in. It's a great show. It's awesome being here. Love being with you guys. Yep. Um, so what was the, uh, you were talking so, about. What's your, what's your company? Tell us what you so, do. Uh, so uh, the company is Victory Solutions. Yep. Uh, I started Victory Solutions uh, 23 years ago. Okay. We're based out of Ocala, Florida. Yeah. And uh, before that, I was in the car industry and, and you know, had a friend of mine that was actually in the motorcycle business. And we started talking about this industry and it was just so much fun, you know, compared to the car business. And at that time, you know, I just wanted to be the smartest kid in the, uh, you know, basically on the bus. Sure. So uh, there wasn't really any electronic CRMs at the time. Everything was paper. When I first had the vision, my whole thought was, you know, how do we turn the just looking customer into a buyer? Because most of the times you go into a store, if you don't want to talk to anybody, you tell them you're just looking, they hand you a card and mission accomplished, right? 
So that was one of the main key things was I want to interview everybody just looking. I don't want to interview the write-up. We know they're serious. Sure. And they've already committed, but every they didn't come in for piano lessons, right? They came in for a reason. <laughs> so the whole company started with, let's interview that customer that's just looking. Let's gather information. Let's make a friend. Because you got about 15 seconds to make a friend connect with that customer and get them to actually, then you have the right to ask questions. That's how it started. Originally, it was funny. I started thinking that I was going to be able to fax a traffic log in, right? Got a couple <laughs> dealers that were like, we'd like to we'd like to test this with you. And that lasted, I think, probably about five days. Could not read the traffic log. Could <laughs> That's not what read Ed the names. was talking about. You <laughs> got to fax the hot lead oh, yeah. to the sales manager at the desk. Ex exactly. <laughs> so the, hot, the leads were coming in, and I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. So what do we do next? Uh, you know, so then we started developing software you know, at that point. So it's kind of like timeout for a year, got the software going and, and it wasn't developed like by a software developer, let's just say, where a lot of them are. It was going to industry leaders asking them, what do you need? What are you looking yeah. for? How do I do this? How is it going to work? So I can tell you that 100% of our software has been basically feedback from our dealers, mm. from our users, from the sales managers. And that's, you know. Now, now Jose, correct me if I'm wrong, but you basically, you created your own iteration of a CRM correct. in its early days just to be able to get the information from your dealer yep. so that you could then follow up on those leads. Right. Yeah, that was the whole reason for creating the CRM is to be able to do that. We wanted it real time. We wanted to be able to to contact that customer. You know, so what we would do is we, you know, what we do, we contact the customer 24 hours after they come into the store and, you know, go in through a couple of scripted questions and then it's free flow. Sure. Because that's where you get your information from the customer. Yeah. So, okay. So that's a great explanation of the product and what you do. What are you seeing in the market in 2024? What's going on? One of the big things that, that actually, that, I'm seeing that has changed this industry. And it really happened, I would say, right after COVID. So I would look at, you know, hundreds of dealers using our system. And I, and I get, I can, I can tell you feedback on traffic. I can tell you what's going on, what the customer is saying. After COVID, when we would interview that customer, it was like, I put a deposit down, you know, or I'm waiting for the bike. Put a deposit down and waiting for the bike. Yep. You know, their, their shopping habits have changed dramatically. Yeah. What they're doing now is they're going online. They're gathering their information. They're going on YouTube. They're, they're doing all of their homework. And by the time that they're ready, they're sending in an internet lead, you know, at that point. Yeah. A digital lead. And then what's happening is what happened 23 years ago. You know, where we didn't pay attention to even phone ups. You know, we still don't do a great job at it, but, you know, people would call <laughs> into the store and what's and happening, what, what's later, happening now is what happened 23 years yeah, ago. So we, like, fumble, we fumble, we <laughs> fumble the handoff. So, you know, I, I started looking at that and with, with our CRM, like one of the things, you know, we're Harley Davidson certified CRM. We, we can see the leads coming in and we can see the response to the lead. So, Right after that, I started looking at it going, all right, I, this is something that needs to happen. We've got to be able to follow up on these leads. So the good dealers that I saw at that time were following up on maybe 40% of them. And then the bad dealers weren't following up at all. Okay. I mean, they were just being left. And then the automated stuff, forget it. You can't do that. You got to have humans doing this stuff. You know, the I'll get back to you. Thanks for, thanks for contacting us. To me, that is just worthless. You know, you got to be able to answer that customer with what they actually gave you. So we started prototyping it. Uh, probably a year ago, all last year, I went to a couple dealers, said, how are you doing with it? 
Yeah. You know, and they basically said, we're horrible. I said, so I can't screw you up, right? You know? <laughs> and they were like, no, no way. I was like, all right, we're going to figure this so, out. So you mentioned the automated response. Nobody likes the automated response. I think we all just delete it when it hits. The automated response, if not the automated response, we, we want the live response. Talk to me about speed to lead. How fast do we need to get back to people on these leads? So we're, well, two minutes. Okay. Love um, it. Wow. I, I'm, I, you know, I will tell a store it's five. But we're actually under two minutes right now. Okay. So that's the key to it is is speed because they're going to send that lead out to six, seven dealers in that area. And the other one, some are going to get with them. Some are going to get with them tomorrow. We're getting with them within two minutes, right? And what we're doing is we're contacting. If it comes in overnight, we will do it an hour after the store closes, continue to answer leads. And then an hour before they open, anything that came in in the middle of the night, it gets answered before that store gets closed. The other thing that's about that's great about that is when the motor company's looking at speed, if a lead comes in after the store closes and you answer it before it comes in, your response time is zero, 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 hmm. right? Yeah. So where, where a lot of mistakes I saw were being made is a lead comes in 15 minutes before the store closes, right? And they come in and they open up and an hour after they open, they're answering the lead if they're doing a really good job. And then the response time shows like 12 hour response. Oh. So, so, you know, I, that's one of the training things that we've given the dealers, whether you use this or not, make sure somebody's answering that lead after the store closes and make sure they're answering it before the store opens. Who, who should that be? Right. I, I know that's a hard that's a hard question to answer, but in, in your head, who should that be? Because it is different. It's it's not you know, it's not 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. It's it's 11 o'clock on a on a Thursday night. Yeah. Who should do that? It's not the salesperson. OK. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because they, they've got all these other tasks to do. And, and in a lot of cases, they don't really see a lot of value in it. They see more value in waiting to see what's coming through that front door than yep. they do the lead. Okay. So you got to have a dedicated person in that store that's going to do it. A dedicated person that, that, you know, like with us, what we're doing is we're an internet greeter, right? We're gathering the information from that customer. We're doing all of those first steps, making sure that they're taken care of. And then it gets turned over to the store. We're not selling that customer. We're gathering the information, then TO and it just like a greeter. Yeah. So, you know, even in, in a store, I mean, if you have somebody there that's going to be able to take care of that lead, that is their job. But don't make the mistake of saying, well, we only got 12 today. So my, now the person who's supposed to answer the leads is grabbing coffee. Mm. We're going to wipe down bikes and everything else because then we delete it. It is a job and it's an important job because that is the future. You know, right now, whether you like it or not, this is how the people are shopping. It's the future. And if you yeah. get good at it, your chances of being your competitor. Some of the things I'm reading oh, is 400 times. I dude, mean, it's like it's crazy. So so we were just talking on our podcast up on stage is that honestly, your chance of delivering a motorcycle is greater if you set an appointment digitally than if you actually greet a customer walking through the swinging door. Close, wow. Closing rates yeah. bigger. Yeah. 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 It's it's insane. It is insane. And you your know, percentage. Uh, Jose, I always think about, you know, if a lead comes in, not necessarily at night after the store's closed, but like 15 minutes before you close and no one responds to it. That's the equivalent of somebody on your showroom floor and you just decide to leave the building with someone on your showroom floor. It happens to be your digital showroom. But if people can get that mentality, like you'd right. never leave somebody locked in your store overnight. Why would you leave them locked online overnight and not respond to that? Person? Yeah, no, that's a great. 
ridiculous. It's a great point, Sam. It's it's really the equivalent of somebody coming into your store 15 minutes before you close and you say, I'm sorry, we're closing in 15 minutes. Come see me tomorrow. Yeah. And asking them to leave. Yeah. It's just, you know? well, and you're already pushing bikes and I already don't feel good at that moment anyhow. And now right. you're asking me to leave. Like, <laughs> where do you think I'm going to go? Some other place is the right. answer. Okay. So I got, I got one final question before we let you go. Yeah. And that is talk to me about CRMs in the fixed operation space. This is something that, uh, we are on a personal mission to make happen is, is that we only care about a customer's information if they seem like they're salivating on a unit, but a customer that's coming in and spending seven, eight, ten thousand $10,000 a year on parts and accessories, or they have the priority maintenance program or extended mm-hmm. service and, and they're bringing their unit in for service. Why are we not formatting the customer? Why are we not finding out like what, where you like to ride, what you do for a living? Like talk to me about a CRM and fixed ops. Well, that's that's a great question, and, and it's it's funny you're asking that because it's nothing I've shared with you at this point. We're probably 90 days away from finishing that. Okay, yes, I love so, that. And it's one of the things that we looked at. We we put all this focus on the front end. We always have. We always, forget about always. service. We forget <laughs> about those guys. So what's happened in the past is people use my CRM and service, but it, but but the complaints I had was it's really not designed for us. So we would do workarounds. We would do this. We would do that. And then we got to a point where actually my business partner, Rick Sanford, and I started talking and Rick goes, we're going to develop a CRM that is for the service department. That is is actually we're going to take service writers, service managers, the same way we did with sales and develop the CRM because that right there, there's nobody doing it. To me, that's exciting. You know, when whether it's Internet leads or the service department, Mm. nobody's all these providers, including us, totally forgot the service department. We've got the majority of the work done on it. We're going to be beta testing it. I would say within 90 days, I'll keep you posted on it. What, what, do you, what do you bet? We get more compliance out of service and PA than we do from the sales guys on the showroom floor. Oh, my oh, God. There's no doubt. So, <laughs> so, right? It's just part of the steps. So so please tell me that you're not stopping a service. You're going to do parts and accessories as well. Well, we're going to start with service, okay. right? That's the first start. Yep. And then afterwards, it's going to be parts. You heard nice. yes. So yes. You heard I heard yes. yes. I heard, yes. Yes. I heard, yes. I heard 90 days. It's going to happen. We'll have the all whole thing done. Stops 90 I'll, days. I'll tell you what, we, what we're already doing for parts. We do service. We do parts follow-up because everybody forgets the parts customer. So yep. what we do is when they come in, we follow up on how their experience was with parts. It's also a customer that you sell to. We forget about them for sales. Ugh. We forget about service for sales. So what we do is when a, when a dealer has this follow-up on parts, they'll pick up they'll pick a point. You know, anybody that buys 100, anybody that buys 200. We don't want a guy, we don't want to call a guy every week, you know, that's basically buying maybe oil and over and over again. But we're making sure that they're touched at least quarterly to find out the experience. And in that call is a great opportunity. What are you riding? We're looking for pre-owned bikes. Wow, that's yeah. a great bike. Have you thought about trading it? When are you planning on trading it? Yep. Giving them, really interjecting the idea before they think of it is, is the key. That's the other part of our business that we do is we do campaigns. See, no, we, we spend too much time worrying about the customer we don't have trying to attract them. I was at a 20-group meeting one time, and I asked the question. I said, if you got your competitor's list today, You'd be salivating all over it, right? Oh my gosh, I got my competitors list of all their yeah. customers. But you have your own list of thousands of customers that you don't market to and call. Fumble the hand you know? Yeah, Such exactly. So it's like, let's let's call these people two years into ownership, a year into ownership, and let them know we want their bike. Here's what's new. Yep. I mean, we'll, we'll do a campaign with a thousand customers. We actually talked to 500 of them. 
and we completely update all of their customer information on the ones we contact. And it's usually 50%. And then we'll hand over 125 leads out of the 500 that want to act on it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a no brainer, really. Yeah. yeah. That is a no-brainer. Man. But before we go, Tony, we got to know where the name came from. Oh, that's from. coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Jose Barbecuban Juarez, let's hear it. Okay. Barbecuban. Side gig. Side gig Barbecuban. It's a sauce company called Barbecuban. I, uh, I I love to grill. I love to smoke food. You know, that is my passion. You, I will tell you at home, when I come home, I'm, I'm grilling. I'm, you know, my, my, so my wife talks me into entering a contest. It's live with Kelly, Michael, Michael Strahan. This is about five years ago, looking for America's grill star. She was like, Hey, number one gets $10,000 food network is going to be the judges on this thing. Right. So I end up going, all right, you know, uh, I come up with a creation. So at first I was thinking ribs, this, she was like, no, you got to have something special. So I was born in Havana, Cuba. I immigrated to the United States in 68, you know, ended up in Portland, Oregon. I always tell people we were horrible navigators. Everybody else was in Florida, right? So I came up with the best of both worlds. I said, I'm going to blend an American burger, but I'm going to use ribeye instead of just ground regular meat. And then I'm going to blend it with a Cuban sandwich and I'm going to come up with a mojo pulled pork on top. I'm going to press it with a connecting rod and piston from a Pontiac 455 engine, a big old uh, piston, because I figured the Barbecuban doesn't have, you know, a panini press. So the name Barbecuban comes out. I had to come up with a sauce and it was a mojo mustard sauce that worked great on it. And uh, I ended up calling it 455. People were like, why is the name? I'm like, I don't know. That was the size of the engine and the piston. So I went with it, (laughs) you know, and we launched it. I won the contest, $10,000. Ended up launching this sauce. Now we're up to six different sauces. Yeah. One of our big grocery stores in Florida, you know, um, handles it actually in a lot of little specialty stores. And we have an online presence. So it's a fun business. It really is. And, you know, it allows me to continue to create. My wife runs it. I'm more of the mascot now and the creator of products, you know. So good. The latest one is, is a rub called Cuban Dust. And then, you know, my kids are like, I don't know if I would have named it that, Dad. I, said, <laughs> I would. I said, it's getting flagged a lot. What does that mean? com. Looks pretty good, man. I'm going to go order me some of this I stuff. Can, Tony, I can personally speak for that sauce. It is fantastic. And, uh, and you know what else I can speak to is that, a lot of people think I'm all amped up on coffee and everything when I'm training, and I'm, I'm not. I'm just so excited to work in the industry. There was a time when we were filming training videos, and Jose and I were drinking Cuban coffee all, all night, night long. long inside <laughs> of Faye Myers, training the update to making it easy to buy. We were hot. That was hot. Uh, so up. Cuban coffee and Cuban barbecue sauce. Nobody does it better than Jose Juarez. Jose Juarez. I can't thank you enough for coming on thank and spending guys. a couple minutes with us at the AIM Expo. Thanks so much. Victory Solutions, www.barbecuban.com. <laughs> yep. All right. Take care. Check it out. Talk right. soon. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. See you. Thanks, everyone.